Blue Sky Fostering Podcast. Um, I've been waiting to record this for quite a long time. She's such a busy lady. She's so difficult to pin down. Um, she's incredibly important. Um, <laughs> most of you, really? will, um, <laughs> most of you will have come into contact with her at some point. Um, when you um, either if you've been a carer here for a long time or when you've been going through the recruitment process um, it is of course Sarah Rocket who is our recruitment director hello Sarah hello hi Ed hi um, Sarah can you just kind of I know I've done a, an excellent job of introducing you, you have. could you just could you just kind of introduce yourselves to everybody again for me please yes so um my name is Sarah Rocket and I'm the recruitment <laughs> sorry I need to put my teeth in I am the recruitment director here at Blue Sky Fostering why do you work here Sarah why yeah wow good question straight in um so i've worked for blue sky now for 15 years which i kind of can't quite believe really and before that i used to work for the local authority as a childcare social worker and i just began to think that actually it none of it kind of felt right when it came to working with looked after children which my caseload predominantly was and there were times where I was driving children to foster placements and just leaving them there thinking, oh, my God, that it was just is not good enough. It does not feel good enough for these young people. And I just began to feel that foster carers um, weren't really kind of fully, un fully understanding what it was that young people need. So when the job at Blue Sky came up, I thought, you know what, I could get on the other side of the fence. Um, and work directly with foster carers and help them really understand young people and what that moment standing on their front doorstep must really feel like. So that's why I do what I do. Um, and what do young people need then, Sarah? Well, interestingly, I've done some training this morning and we and we <laughs> talked about this. Um, that wasn't planned. Today. No, not at all. <laughs> just just coincidental. Um, I, I think that young people need foster carers who are genuine, who are sincere, who are able to see beyond some of those behaviours. You know, every, every behaviour is a communication. Cheesy as that is, it is very, very true. Um, foster carers who are resilient, who have that kind of stickability, who can hang on in there when the storm is raging um, and and see the difference when you when you come out the other side of that storm and hang on in there with those young people. So obviously now um, you look after our um, <coughs> recruitment of um, all our potential carers and stuff like that. But I want to um, and I've known you, I've worked here for nearly eight years now and I've known you all that time. And um, I would say that I don't know much about you from before you were here. So I, what I want to know is before you started here, what moment in your social work career has really had the biggest impact on you, do you think? Oh, Wow. That's a really, really good question. I think there are a few, I have to be honest, because I, I worked in the field of uh, child protection and children and families for many, many years. But I think the one standout moment for me was working with two brothers um, who were living with their mum and stepdad. And stepdad was really not a very nice man. Um, and very, very harmfully, emotionally abused those two boys. Um, and he, he was just a bully um, and he tried to bully me. Um, he kind of just tried to bully everybody. And I and I remember the, the day that we removed those two boys from that home. Um, it, it's never easy removing children 
Um, and this was after a long journey of gathering evidence, seeing the children on their own, working with the family, trying to bring about some change, but it, it just wasn't um, happening. And yeah, the day that we we went in and physically removed those two children from home will really, really stand out in my head. Um, and about six, ten months after they were removed and placed in a foster placement in Christchurch, they sent me a card that they had made and it was a hot air balloon that they'd drawn and in the basket was me and them. And they, oh, I feel quite emotional talking about this again. I haven't spoken about this in a long time. And they were like, thank you for rescuing us. That for me was just the, the most amazing standout moment, really. Um, you just, um, you just give me goosebumps because I yeah. think that sometimes I think we, before we started recording, we were talking about lockdown yeah. and how the second part of it now feels different to when it first happened. And I think that for us that work with carers and kids, I think sometimes you not forget, well, I say yeah. forget, sometimes, sometimes you get disconnected. You can do, can't you? Yes. And what you've just said, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. That's, that's hit me really hard. Yeah. Yeah. It, and yeah. And and I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's really important that we all you can get really wrapped up, can't you, in the in the in the minutiae of life and the emails and the demand and the and the tsunami of work. And but sometimes it's it's really good just to think back and think, what is my driver? Why do I do what I do? Um and, it, and, you know, the as you become, as you get, as I got promoted, I was very conscious of that and thinking, you know, I really always want to hang on to some of those, some of those experiences and of, of working directly with young people and, you know, what they need in terms of coming into care, you know, that, that real, those people who are real and, and welcome them in and are genuine and really try and put themselves in their shoes as they walk up that path up to your front door. You've always, um, ever since I've worked here, you've always gone back to that same statement and that same comment that, um, I don't know, the way that you say it always makes me able to imagine walking yeah. up, which is the only thing I can do, I could only ever imagine it, yeah. is walking up that driveway to people that I've never met, I've never yeah. heard their voice, I've never seen how tall they are, I yeah. don't know what they like, I don't know what they don't like, I don't know when I can go to the toilet, yeah. when I can't go to the toilet, where's the Absolutely. Fridge? And I think that, I think you, I think if I was going through the application of becoming a carer I'd, I'd really want to have that not drilled into me but reminded mm, to mm. me all the time that it doesn't matter what your life experience is hope yeah. most people have got something to offer somebody haven't they yeah yeah I think I, and I think people really underestimate themselves in that I think there's a lot of people out there who and this isn't a sales pitch but there is a lot of people out there who you know who don't think that they can do it and and you know you can you you absolutely can and you know, I think one of the things we say a lot is, you know, you're not people aren't doing this on their own. You know, it's very much a joined up piece of work that we do. We hold people's hands. And yeah, I, I really want people to think about what that would feel like, because, you know, empathy and we talk a lot, don't we, about empathy. But I think and, and unless you really experience, you know, living within somebody else's house, you're, you're not really ever going to be in be in their shoes. But you can imagine and, and we can help people understand that it's always about the small stuff always it's not about you know all, all the all the bells and whistles it's often about that you've 
bought them a teddy bear and put it on their bed, even if they're 17, to say, I'm thinking of you. I, we want you to come and live with us. It's that it's that stuff, isn't it, that gives the message that we want you to be in our home and we want you to feel part of our family. However kind of hard that may be for you initially, you know, that's where we're heading. I think um, I had some, a conversation recently with two of our carers from, from down near me and they were saying how um, they talked to a young person about how they chose him. Um, yeah. They chose him to be a part of their family. And I just think that if I was a yeah. young person, particularly knowing him, that and I know it's had an impact on him because that's helped him to understand his identity. And I think when we talk about identity, I think, you know, yeah. essentially these are other people's children coming to live with you, aren't they? And, yeah. and you have a very strong identity and connection to your parents, no matter what's happened. Absolutely. And and um, and and yeah, is there, is there anything that kind of I don't know? So obviously, I asked you about what impacted you before you were, you were here at, at Blue Sky, and but since you've been here at Blue Sky, what's kind of like what would be your sort of standout moments in terms of God? Your is it fourteen years here? Yeah, fifteen. Fifteen. 15. It was. It was fifteen in August. Yeah. Why have you been it? Like most people in a job, stick yeah. around for what is it? Is it like seven years or something? That's kind of the yeah. So what? What's um? Yeah. What have been your standout moments that have made you you know stick around for that long, so to speak? Well, I I think. Yeah, in the in the early days, it was all our firsts. They were always massively significant. Our first home visit, our first panel, our first placement. You know, those those really, really kind of kept kept me going. Um, but I think the long and the short of it is is that, you know, I still I still love it really. And when and when I talk about it and I train people and and you know we, I I see those enthusiastic faces and and people who are positive and engaged and are willing to kind of open their homes and their hearts to young people I, I am absolutely humbled by that um and that and that's the bit about it that I I really love I love I love that we do cheesy as it sounds we have a great opportunity to make a difference and we do make a difference um and that's the bit that you know keeps me going really and you know I, I love the people I work with you know some of them I've known for a really long time and you know they 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 make they make the job so worthwhile really all of it really I know that sounds awful and cheesy yeah, it does sound really cheesy it does um, but that <laughs> but, but it, know, I'm sorry but that's that that is it really you know and on you know it's not all fabulous there are days where I think oh my god you know this is this is hard work or you mm. know uh, you know something doesn't go well or somebody withdraws from the assessment process or you know somebody comes through panel and it doesn't quite go as we planned but you know the but you know doing doing the training like I did this morning just is that's that's what keeps me ticking over really I guess as well it never ends does no. it in terms of there's always you know every every week you know we, we, we you know the young people that are coming to live with us the carers that go yeah. through panel there is always another somebody's life and, and I, this I think this is a really important point to make because obviously you know people might be listening to this have got no one you know don't know about fostering they might be looking for more it might be our carers listening to it and it might even be our young people that have you know stumbled across yeah. it and I think that for somebody to come to live with us as a young person, something has changed in their life significantly yeah. for the rest of their life. And, and I feel privileged to be able to help them in, in whatever way, you know, I might yes. ever meet them. It might be something that I do. It might be something that somebody else does, but to be a part of that, I think that's what, um, yeah. I don't know. It, before I came into fostering, I had absolutely no idea of what fostering mm. was. I thought it was all local authority. 
Um, I actually didn't even know what the local authority was. I thought I, was, I thought, oh, was the council sort that out? Um, and I didn't understand. <laughs> I don't think you're alone. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I came here, for me, I was like, it was a huge shock to mm. know how it, the intricacies of, of, of how everything worked. Yeah. And, um, and I think I've met some amazing, well, some amazing carers, some amazing kids. Um, some that I've struggled to work with because mm-hmm. um, I've not been in the right place, maybe, or, you know, or, you know, it's thinking, how do I engage that kid? How can I help them? And, and I think that sometimes that's the reality as well is I can't, I, I'm not the right person to help everybody. And actually not every foster carer is the right foster care for every child is, are they? No. No. Um, so no. When, when, when you're, when people are going through um, panel, um, going through the recruitment process, obviously, the, you know, the, recruitment process is massive how long how long does the form f take to complete normally yeah so generally i would say from the point of making an inquiry we would expect to get you through within six months maybe sooner maybe longer depending on you know people's lives their availability um you're right it's a it's a it's a complicated process but you know we've been doing it a long time and and you know we we're good at it so we hold people's hands and we support people and reassure people all the way through so i would say yeah generally about six months or less ideally and there was something that always kind of sat in my mind i thought i'm always thinking like you know how can we help people understand who who maybe haven't thought about being a foster carer that they can do it you know i'm always thinking about like transferable skills yeah like you know say you know say you're a i don't know a fireman or whatever yeah. You are calm in, you know, chaotic yes. situations. There's there's a transferable skill. Do you yes. know I mean? Are there any are there any kind of carers that have come in over the years that you've do you know what I mean? That kind of yep. like complete polar opposite career shift. Um, oh yes, and and there are many really. And I remember in the very early days, um, writing a fostering assessment on um a couple in in Bournemouth. And um he was a taxi driver and he used to say to me, But Sarah, I don't know anything about I don't know anything about fostering. I don't know anything about children. And, you know, and when you when when we really sat down and looked at that with him, you know, he was unbelievably skillful about understanding people, human nature. You know, he sits alongside people in his taxi every single day um, and with vulnerable people in his taxi, you know, just. Yeah, it was amazing. And I think often I can think of many carers who have had a huge kind of career shift from being like an engineer who's now a foster carer. Um, uh, you know, people who are, um, you know, very, very kind of ordinary jobs. I don't mean that in a disparaging way, but, you know, just very, very normal kind of jobs who have thought, you know what, I want to do something different. I want to put something back. Um and have and have you know made the decision to to become foster carers and you know they're amazing i can there are several standout people within within my career who who have come to the table with very little um relevant kind of childcare experience but masses like you say of transferable skills yeah i think there was somebody i was talking to recently and i said oh you know you know what's kind of your you know what experiences have you got you know what kind of career you had and they, they said to me oh i've never worked with with children before i was like no i I wasn't asking that. I just meant like, you know, what we've been up to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't it doesn't mean that, you know, no. You know, it's like saying, well, I've never been a foster care before. Okay. Yeah. Cool. No, me neither. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I think that. sometimes people think, you know, if they perhaps they haven't had children that they can't, they wouldn't make good foster carers. And I can think of lots of people who are great foster carers who don't have children. Because when you think about the way in which our children 
need parenting in particular those on the therapeutic program you know it it's it's quite different to how you would parent your own children on occasion so actually not having any preconceived ideas about parenting and expectations of children is a is a good thing mm. so and and obviously a key part to this whole thing is like those that work with you so like your team so i want to know what's so good about them <laughs> well it's it, it, these are these are this is very timely because i've been doing um appraisals with the team this week and i think i think they really embody kind of the blue sky values which you know we all hold dear but there is that sense of responsibility and ownership and and a kind of willingness to help other people and step in when people need help. And, you know, that that real genuine kind of teamwork. Um, you know, I feel apps so proud of my team in what they achieve and and the tenacity to kind of reach the deadline before we go to panel and get all those statutory checks in. And, you know, they they are so committed to that. Um, they are quite amazing, really. Yeah. And, yeah. Those, I, would, those I would agree groups. with that. Because yeah. obviously, you know, before we were or working from home and stuff the guys that you work with are, are always kind of maybe i shouldn't tell you this because it's me ne, me, um, me telling you that i've stolen them to help you with things but they their 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 willingness to help with yeah. everything that's going on and i think that um you know like look at i mean we're not going to name names and stuff but like looking at like our blue sky fest and your yeah. team like in what other kind of role would one minute you are you are contacting partners on the other side of the world to get referrals, references. And then the yeah. next day you are setting up, um, a, a, a marquee. Set yeah. up a marquee, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. your guys are always the ones who do that. And I think that what I've always found part of my role is I want to make sure that they understand what impact that has on our kids. So when yeah. we've done our young person's voice, we are, they're, you know, they're attending because they need to connect the dots. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I feel that really strongly. I, I really want my team to understand, you know, their role in the, the cog in that big machine and what an absolutely integral cog they are and the difference that that kind of admin tasks, how important those tasks are to the final, the final um, outcome, you know, in terms of an approved foster carer who's then able to welcome a young person into their home so yeah they they are you know they're amazing at that but yeah I, I want them to understand how important and integral that their role is yeah and I think and I think again not without sounding cheesy we always um not throw around the word but we'll you'll always hear loads of us at, at blue sky saying not oh, a blue sky family mm. and it does feel like that because in any family you've got you know you've got the I was going to say the oldies but it doesn't mean that <laughs> you've got um, easy <laughs> you've got you've got the immature people no you've got um, you know you've got, you've got loads the of kids have, and you've yeah, got the you've parents got, <laughs> you, you, you've got loads of different people who who make up and bring their own things to the table and yeah. I really do feel like that here and I, and I and I think we've all quite a lot of us have worked here for a long time now and yeah. so we've done a lot we've gone through a lot of different on a lot of different journeys and stuff together and, yeah. um, and I feel really proud to, to be a part of that. But if we're talking about journeys, this is a, this is a good segue. If we're talking about journeys, you went to Uganda. I did go um, to Uganda. Yeah. Can you tell it? Oh, and, and actually tomorrow. Um, so on Friday this week, um, we are recording another episode of the podcast. And I'm recording it with Paula, who is um, from the Child's Eye Foundation, along wow. with a guy called Chris, who works um, in Uganda. So we're having our first international oh, amazing. But um, so I thought we really good. If you could tell me about that. So for those for those listening who don't know, 
um, we've got a charity in Uganda, which is the Child's Eye Foundation, who, who, we, who we work with um, fundraising and also staff going out to Uganda to, to work, um, setting up their different projects that we have running out there. And um, was it three or four years ago now? Um, I think it was, yeah, four years ago. Yeah. So, um, yeah. well, you, you, you're the one that was there. You can tell us tell us the story. So what? firstly, why did you, what was the point of going? And then why did you decide to put yourself forward for it? Well, I think so. Yeah, so I was I was kind of up for a bit of a challenge. Um, uh, my my kind of long term relationship had ended, um, and I thought, you know what, I I need to do something, you know, as a bit of a challenge to myself, challenge me. Um, and then the the request came in from the charity to for somebody who had some recruitment of foster care knowledge. So I thought, right, okay, this is just had my name on it. Really, it'd be rude not to. Um, so yeah, I put my hat in the ring and off I went for three weeks and it was the most amazing life kind of changing again without sounding cheesy experience I've I've ever had really. I mean, I have been to Africa, so but I have been to South Africa, which is very different to Uganda. Um, but yeah, it was it was just unbelievable. The you know, the just the 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 passion of the people who worked within the charity you know the the poverty the the humidity was horrendous um but the but yeah we I, I was I was asked to go and and look at how to recruit more foster carers because that the charity is about um getting rid of children young children living within orphanages and moving to live with families so they wanted to kind of understand how they could attract more carers so you know it was right up my street um but yeah i i absolutely loved it uganda is the most amazing place i was lucky enough to go on a few days safari um yeah it was fabulous and i and i came home with a real feeling of I am never going to ever moan again about a how small my house is, um, b how hungry I am on occasion, and b how skint I am, because really it's nonsense, <laughs> basically, yeah. Um, yeah. because you know they the some of the families who who were looking after children lived in you know houses that were no bigger than a garden shed, but they were doing an amazing job. Um, so yeah, it was it was absolutely amazing, and I would and I would love to go back because I think I think things have really moved on in the last four years in that they've closed all the all the children's homes and um, you know all the children are now living within fostering families, which is amazing. And I think that's um, I'm going to ask you some more questions about it in a minute, but seeing where the well, and our work with the charity was then and now is kind of taking on a role now of kind of like spreading the word of them and yeah we are about to sponsor a uh, football team in uh in in kent a junior football team for one of our carers and we are sponsoring it in partnership with the child's eye foundation so on all the kids football shirts is is blue sky and the child's eye foundation oh, with a that's amazing to, uh, with a text to donate number yeah um, and so child's eye are going to be working with them so you know rather than maybe just raising money as, as, as the uh, as the football team as the football club it'll be about equipment for the kids to be able to to have and stuff like that so actually it kind of connects because I think what we want to do is we want you know we want to spread the word of what we do as a foster agency finding homes for young people but also mm. spreading the word for what the Child's Eye Foundation yes. do in Uganda in terms of finding families for young people yes. there's a real connect between the two things but I just want to go back to what you did when you were in Uganda 
what was the day-to-day like work like whilst you were there what were you doing um so I so we were living in in they have like a staff house which they use for whether they've still got it I don't know but they use it for visiting um workers who spend some short time short term kind of periods of time over there so we were living it was a gated in a gated community so we would walk you know about a mile down to the so there was a, a an orphanage um within about three quarters of a mile and then a kind of local what we would class as like a local office with social workers um in about a mile um on so yeah it would um we'd spend our you know spend i'd spend my day you know talking meeting looking we did we did a recruitment event we looked at you know ways of 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 making making people aware of because there's very they're very they have a very different kind of attitude to fostering and adoption um so it's all about how we could um you know advertise and and help educate people really in mm. what fostering was and how how we could do that in a in a country where you know people may have a mobile phone but they certainly don't have an iphone and they certainly don't have you know ready access to the internet and um and what have you so it yeah it was it was very challenging at times to you had to really kind of think about the differences and you couldn't just have a one size fits all a bit like we have but on a on a much less kind of sophisticated scale um and yeah it was and I was really lucky enough to meet some of the foster carers and the children that they're looking after and and you know they live they live very rural um a long way away and, and you know through not great roads um you know it's very wet when we were out there so you know it was it was challenging just to reach people um but yeah i i loved it it was amazing i would recommend anybody within blue sky if they get an opportunity they should um they should go i think as well um it's for me like i i try and take advantage of our connection with them so so that i can kind of so like for our duke of edinburgh award and our volunteering section our kids raise money for their work yeah. um and it's that kind of like connection with mm. people different people around the world f- to help our kids get a broader understanding of what yeah. else is going on because yeah. i think that's i think that's what our that's what i see my role as here is it's kind of like helping our kids to give them a leg up in different in the things that they need you know they don't yes need, they don't all need legs up you know they don't need me to hold their hand but it's more of a what can i do to kind of go look do you know what this might have happened but let's give you that little that little yeah. leg up here yeah so when you got back did it change anything that you did in terms of your blue sky work do you think do you think it changed you know i think i think one of the things it one of the things it really made me realize was i remember asking one of the foster carers over there kind of what they needed from from um from child's eye you know what was it that they needed was one of the questions and you know they said i don't need anything i've got everything that i that i need and it was very much about you know they give me nappies and they give me milk and and it really made me realize that you know in terms of kind of that maslow's triangle it was all very much about the, the practical um stuff they didn't they didn't sweat the small stuff and they didn't overthink things it was actually I've got everything I need to look after this child and that and that was it so I think I kind of came back with a slight sense of god don't we overcomplicate everything but we have to because we live in a very different society you know that's that's the way it is but yeah I definitely came home with a with a different kind of 
outlook to 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 things and 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 how how over complicated sometimes we make things um i think one of the things that there as well it's again it's something else that i've heard you say before is it's about not sweating the small stuff yeah yeah um, definitely definitely and i and i and i am a real believer in that sometimes it the the small those small acts are life-changing for children it doesn't need to be the big stuff does it it doesn't need to be the big like i said the big bells and whistles it can sometimes just be something really small remembering something or being there at that point in time recognizing maybe that you know something's going on for that child but making making an opportunity to, for them to talk about it um yeah i think making opportunities for kids to be able to have you know i don't yeah. know it's, yeah, it's, it's like yeah it's um it's really funny because whenever i do like a young person's voice like we, for those people listening who who aren't part of blue sky we call our young person's counsel like young person's voice because we, we it's ingrained in everything that we do but we run specific sessions like once a year well, actually mm. twice a year um and um it, it always we always sort of say like we, we ask the kids different questions and we do it in a whole range of different ways but sort of say like you know when you went to your carer like what was it that um mm. What was it that made you go? Oh, I'm all right here, and yeah. it was. Uh, he said, "Oh, he said they made me a uh, half pepperoni, half plain pizza." I went, "What?" And he said, "Well, yeah. he said they they picked up the fact that like they knew that I only liked half." So the pizza was divided down the middle. And he said, "He said I looked at them a bit weird, as if to be like, have you read my mind?" Then he quickly realised that they'd had a conversation with his local authority <laughs> social worker. And but it was those things. And again, another yeah. one is um again just like a picture of the dog. Um, yeah. They look. This is this is Dave the dog. Um don't pull his tail but give him a biscuit or something yeah. do you know what I mean it's stuff yeah. that like yeah absolutely can you imagine being a six-year-old kid no and you've you you've gone to live with a family who you don't know mm-hmm. who have got who, who look nothing like you sound nothing like you yeah yeah and live a very and just have a very different sense of humor to you or you know live a very different life to you and yeah and and I and I love that you know the that young person's voice because that's the stuff that I can then speak to people in assessment about to say, this is, this is what our children have told us. How arrogant of us. If we, if we think that we know best because we don't know best and unless we actually speak to the people who experience fostering and what it is that they need, we will never know to put half and half on a pizza or, 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 no, but dogs, you know, I I remember, um, you know, two children coming into placement in Bristol, they were like rabbits in the headlights and then everybody had left. It was their first night and the foster carer let the dogs out. And, you know, they, that was it. You know, the, the power of, of dogs and fostering is, yeah. is unbelievable. And um, I think that it's like anything. I don't think, I think you could look at, you could you could say this about any industry or any kind of area of work, you know, you could say, I don't know, a car company. Do they actually ever really ask their users what it is they want in their car or do they just say you don't know that you need this do you know what i mean yeah i think i think that's where sometimes in social work we i think sometimes kids are told they're consulted but i don't know but i think to genuinely consult a young person it takes a lot it takes a long time because you've got to have a relationship you can't just you know you can't just go in and go so tell me do you like this they're gonna get met with a well i've got too much other stuff going on and who the hell are you absolutely Um, and and it can feel really tokenistic can't it mm -hmm. um and and that's the last thing you want you know you're right it takes time it's more detrimental yeah yeah absolutely 
but it but when it when you when you get it it's gold and then and then I, I can then apply it into this is this is what our young people have told us that they need from you as a foster care I remember you and I doing that that whole thing with with what makes a foster care and and what the what they all said was they wanted somebody to care yeah and like what does that mean but really what does that mean and it's about how do you know as a foster carer that you're offering care how will a child experience care but it was just so telling it was so yeah, simple think, yeah and I think that's why um <laughs> I always say to anybody who gets the opportunity to do anything with any of our young people just say come on and, and I would say 10 times out of 10 here everybody bites your hand off I yeah. used to work where I when I've done previous stuff working with the kids as we would call them then working with the kids was almost seen as oh, no 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 I don't do that Mm. um mm. whereas here it's yeah it's 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 it's, it's a luxury yeah a well and i think it thanks as it, as it should, should take to do as it should be it's at the center of what we do isn't it yeah yeah if you lose that disconnect then you know yeah. you get very quickly wrapped up in the other stuff mm. um but so and in terms of that i, I was thinking when, when i knew you i'd finally pinned you down for a bit of time to talk to me um this is gonna this is a kind of curveball question but mm. what um if we were to talk about fostering and, you know, IF independent fostering and stuff like that, what do you think the most common myth or misconception about fostering is in your terms? Do you, if you think there's any? Yeah, I, I sadly, I think I think there are a lot of, of misconceptions. And I think that that people often will think that they can't do it because of various reasons I can't do it because I'm single or I can't do it because I live in a rented house or I can't do it because I've got a big hairy noisy dog um, <laughs> or I can't do it because um, you know I there's something on my DBS um, and I and I think you know I think there are a lot of misconceptions ab about it and what and what you need um, to do if that makes sense you know what you yeah I think people think you have to be a superhero um, with masses of extra superpowers and skills when actually Mr. and Mrs. Ordinary are perfect or Mrs. Ordinary is perfect, you know? Yeah, I think that's, a, I think, yeah, people think that they, a foster carer is is born and actually, sorry, is 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 created with like a super tablet that you take and it, you know, here's all this goes, and it's not like that. There's, there's carers, the most experienced carers in the world who, I still have a conversation with and they're like yeah though no, I've learned this yesterday and I've been yeah. here for like 10 years yeah. um, and the same for me I've, I have never ever worked anywhere where I've learned I don't always retain it all but I try mm. <laughs> but I've never worked anywhere where I, I learn something yeah. nearly every day whether yeah. that's from somebody like yourself well I don't want to give you an ego or whether mm -hmm. that's from like a carer or a young person every day you go oh yeah that's yeah that's 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 going to help me and I just feel yeah. privileged to be a part of it, to be honest. I don't know. Again, God, this this smells of cheese even more, but it's it true. Does, I do, it does. I do but feel... I, I remember, I remember a, a previous manager within Blue Sky, and she used to say, "You know, nobody's finished. We're all <laughs> we're all kind of work in progress." And I love that, and that really stuck with me. Um, and and that's kind of what we need: people who are willing to kind of really look at themselves in the mirror and think, "Why am I doing this? Um, you know, what am I going to struggle with?" Um, but who am I kind of thing and, and why do I want to foster you know those people who have that honest conversation with themselves I think as well I think in this time in lockdown I think um, it's what's what's amazed me is those Amanda who's our director here for those people obviously you know who she is but for those people yeah. listening <laughs> um, she said um, that 
she was saying thank you to some carers for for taking on placements during lockdown and actually opening your house up to a young person who in the midst of something that's never happened before has moved house do you know what I mean and actually saying thank you for opening up your house but then she also said as well like but what's also really important to remember is those carers who have had had young people in placement and got young people in placement throughout this the fact that they have been able to go through this with you there with them yeah um I think that needs to be really appreciated that actually you know they've had a they've had a family around them absolutely yeah um, and, which, and we've and we've had people who have started the assessment process while in lockdown and have come through panel and had their first placement while we've been in lockdown you know yeah. and and you know all, all kudos to them because you know how how weird must that feel because it's a you know it's quite a life-changing decision and event that people are entering into so yeah I, I I just like I said it it's really quite humbling how people are willing to to kind of open up their lives to that um, well, in terms of opening up their lives, um, I just wanted to say thank you to you for um, talking to me. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, me too. I, uh, it's nice to, um, yeah, we don't always get the opportunity to sit and have conversations like this because when you're kind of like, right, we'll do this and then we'll, you know, we'll sort the next thing and actually just to take a bit of time to sit back and like reflect on stuff. Um, yeah. Personally, for me as well, um, I wasn't going to say this, but I am is when I first started here, we did um, some training together. Um, I think I, I think it might have been Skills to Foster. Yeah, I think and, it was. Um, I, me being me, put myself forward. I was like, oh, I'll help with this and da And you sat there and um, you had a flipboard, flip chart up, and you weren't reading from a PowerPoint. You had a flip chart up and you were training people in a way that, and this might, it sounds ridiculous to me now, that I'd just never seen. I got so used to people standing there going, this is the information. <laughs> and what it was, was you were getting information from people and you were validating their ideas on the board. And then yeah. you were going back and discussing to it and you were having real conversations. There was even a couple of things that you said. I was like, oh, did you mean to say that? And I just thought, well, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> because because what was happening was it was a real conversation. And these people are about to go through the potentially the biggest life-changing career change you can have. And it was just real. And, yeah. and now sitting here as the training manager, I, I try and I try and take that into everything that I do is that real conversation and making people feel like they're a part of a training course and not yeah. just getting lectured at. So oh, thank you from me. For, no, for, you know, yeah. Good to hear. So thanks. Good work. Um, so um, again, <laughs> th- th- anybody could be listening to this, anybody around the world. If you've enjoyed listening to us, ramble on um please make sure to you know um leave us a comment um if you've got any questions as well if you're thinking about fostering um you know based on where you live in the country or in the world do your research you know look into what the different fostering providers can can offer you whether that's Mm. local authority or independent fostering agency i am biased and as is sarah (laughs) i think i think we do the best that i you know i can't you know i can't say any more than that but even if this podcast is helped you make a decision to foster i think it's about remembering that you're going to help a young person um with the rest of their lives and yeah. um always hold on to that and remember why you're doing it um yeah, so yeah absolutely. Sarah, again thanks again um is there no thank you what you wanted to add before we go no it's been it's been great i've i've really i, I could chunt on all afternoon as you know so it's been it's been lovely i've really enjoyed it um well thanks and take care everyone bye thank you bye